On today's episode, we talk about why education is more important than ever for condo investors. Stay tuned. Welcome to the True Condos Podcast with Andrew LaFleur, the place to get the truth on the Toronto condo market and condo investing in Toronto. Hi there. Welcome back to the show. Thanks again for tuning in. Your host here, Andrew LaFleur, as always, with the True Condos Podcast. If you want to get a hold of me, you can email me, andrew at truecondos.com. You can call me or text me, 416-371-2333. And today's episode had a chance to sit down again with Brian Bogart for the second time. He's been on the show before. Brian is somebody cool and interesting, um, not the typical guest we have on the show. He's outside of the real estate industry, but we're talking about real estate so he actually comes from the um, finance, uh, uh, wealth management, uh, wealth coaching side of things. He's uh, he's a wealth coach, and he teaches you teaches people how to make money and and preserve and grow your wealth. And one of the areas in particular he's interested in, and he's had great success personally in, is in pre construction condo investing. So very cool to have somebody's perspective from outside of the industry of real estate. He's not a realtor or anything like that, but yet somebody who is, you know, who really knows what they're talking about and, and who's walked the walk and not just talk to talk when it comes to investing in condos. So Brian's also got a, a cool course that um, you'll hear about. And if you're interested, you can talk to Brian and, and learn more about uh, where he actually teaches uh, every, people, all the ins and outs of investing in condos and specifically the strategies that he has used to grow his own personal wealth, um, investing in condos. So that's cool. And we talk a lot about mindset and education and how, um, it's just more important than ever during these uncertain times that we're in to have the right mindset and to really be educated on, investing, to understand the fundamentals, to know why you're doing what you're doing, and to have a plan and to execute a plan. Um, a lot of people over the last few years, as as the real estate in particular, the condo market has been absolutely soaring and flying for a number of years. You know, people did very well without really thinking at all, just basically throwing darts at the board and, and buying something somewhere and, and people made money. And that's uh, good for them, and, th- and that's that's okay when times are good. But it's really when times are more challenging, as they are right now, and there's a lot of uncertainty out there, that's when it's just a good reminder once again and a good refocusing time for all of us as condo investors to invest in ourselves, to uh, understand the importance of education and um, and of mindset and just having the right mindset when you're looking at investing in anything but in particular we're talking of course about investing in condos and uh, growing your wealth through real estate okay so without further ado here is my interview with brian bogart enjoy brian welcome back to the show good to have you on again hey andrew it's great to be back and uh, a little bit different circumstances than when we last chatted in sort of january february isn't it Yes, the world is uh, is definitely a lot different now. Um, but yeah, I, I I think it's good, great to have you back on the show again. Um, I enjoyed our conversation last time, and it's good to I think for people to um, obviously to hear perspectives from people like myself who are 
in the real estate industry specifically. Um, and this is our uh, bread and butter, obviously, um, people like myself referring to. But it's great, I think, for people to hear also from somebody like yourself. And, I, and that's why I wanted to have you back on. Um, as somebody who, uh, you know, you're, you're an investor yourself, you are a wealth coach, you teach people how to make money and, and grow their wealth um, through various means, one of which is through real estate. Um, but it's cool because you have a bit of a unique and different perspective. And I think people can learn from that and appreciate that as well, just as somebody who's experienced in the space, but not uh, in the space itself, if that makes sense, in the industry itself. Um, yeah, so good to, good to have you back, Brian. So obviously, elephant in the room, the COVID world that we're in, um, maybe I'll, st- you know, we're, everybody's just, you know, it's just something that we're talking about constantly. But let's let me pose this question to you. Uh, what, you know, from a real estate perspective, what would you say has changed in the, in the world from your vantage and what is still the same? Um, if that makes sense, uh, you know, yeah. what's changed, what's, what's different now and what is actually the same? Yeah. Good, uh, good start off question that, you know, get into the perspective of, of what has been going on over these past months, what has changed? I, I think for me, what has changed is, you know, um, even, even the last time we spoke, which was before all this happened, I, I still was seeing lots of people who were able to get into real estate investing without much of a plan, right? We were in the, uh, the, the very good years where, you know, if you picked up a condo project in Toronto or the GTA, you know, even if you didn't do a heck of a lot of due diligence or that, you were probably in, in a pretty good spot, right? Just based on what was going on. But now what have we've seen, you know, with, with, I was just reading an article today about the, uh, the massive influx of condos that are on the marketplace right now because of all the people that were doing Airbnb who have, you know, freaked out in the past six months. And so now they're moving to a regular rental, but then that's competing with all the other rentals, which are already under stress. So I think the, the big thing that has changed is a, a lot of people are, are you know, as, as Warren Buffett would say, you find out who's swimming naked when the tide goes out, right? And clearly the tide went out this year in the spring and then further in the summer and, and now again in the second wave. And we're finding out who was swimming naked and who really didn't have a plan and who didn't do much due diligence and were just investing based on a tip they heard or FOMO, fear of missing out. So I think that's one thing that's changed is I'm getting a lot more requests now from people of like, I want to learn how to be an investor, not a speculator, and, and really understand and have a proven process and, and learn the fundamentals. And I think that's the part that hasn't changed is the fundamentals are still applicable, right? The same things that you and I were talking about a year ago, three years ago, the things that we were sharing with our clients and our listeners, those things haven't changed. The, you know, the, those fundamentals are in in. I would say even more important during times like this, because you don't want to get into this situation, which a lot of people are in, where they had one exit strategy, right? That, you know, one plan, this was what they were going to do. It was going to be the land of milk and honey, and they were going to make money no matter what. And now they're finding out that that strategy uh, doesn't pay off when we do have these unforeseen circumstances. So I, I think those are the things that have changed and, and stayed the same and maybe it's really that in the in the change realm 
the people have come to the conclusion of, oh, that's why you need to learn the fundamentals. That's why you have to have a plan for investing. That's why you need to be in this for the, the long term, not this quick, short term, make a buck kind of idea that I think a lot of people had been utilizing for a few years. Mm, yeah, interesting. So, yeah. Um, what? Uh, yeah. So I, I think some people are 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 on the, that page with you and thinking strategically and thinking uh, in a logical manner. But I think there's also a lot of people out there, you know, in times like these that are thinking irrationally, call it, and who are who are <laughs> yes. in a bit of a who are who are in a bit of a panic mode. Um, not everybody, obviously, but but obviously, uh, you know, I, I I am getting calls weekly from from people who I would describe in a little bit of an irrational sort of panic mo- mode, if that makes sense. And I'm guessing you're you're encountering some of that yourself. What would be your advice to to those people specifically? Um, you know, who uh, who are who are a little bit worried or panicked or um, you know extremely concerned call it about the market right now what would what would you sort of say to those people from your vantage point what are you seeing what are you observing because you you, as you said the fundamentals you still believe are uh are unchanged and and the fundamentals of the market are good so maybe you could get into what are those fundamentals specifically that you that you are seeing and and sort of you know what uh what would you say to somebody who is feeling worried right now yeah You're absolutely right. I I am getting that. And in fact, um, um, I had a client who took my my pre-construction condo um, training program a year ago and then actually bought uh, into one of the projects with you. And uh, he called me the other day and was, you know, same sort of thing, a little bit in freak out mode, a little bit of worrying about it. So we had a good chat. And by the end of it, he's like, you know, I just feel so much better now. (laughs) And, and like, so I, I find I am being the calm little center of the universe for, you know, a lot of my clients and, and people that, uh, that I've invested with and whatnot around that. And mostly what it is, is I'm, I'm re-presencing them back to facts, data, the fundamentals, right? Because I, 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 I'm sure you must see what's going on in the news right now. And it's funny because I did a webinar with another um, uh, um, realtor the other day. And he, um, as part of his presentation, he re- he went through headlines that had been in the media, March, April, May, June, July, all the way to August. And every one of the headlines was basically Toronto real estate, you know, about to fall off a cliff. Every single month, that's what the headline was. Um, and yet, when he went through the data and actually dug into, you know, sales and statistics and comparisons to last year and all this sort of stuff, it's like, we're exactly where we probably would have been, maybe not as good based on what they were predicting in January of what this year was going to do, but we're certainly not in a loss situation. We're back to you know where we started. Yes, there was a significant drop and then and then back up again, and that was a little unnerving for people. But this is where, and so you know, the advice I give to people is think back to what your strategy was and what your plan was. Now, another thing that, that, you know, and this is one of the reasons why I love real estate and I know you do as well, is because real estate doesn't wind up having, you know, it's not like in the stock market where, you know, Trump makes some ridiculous statement and the next day stocks go down by 30%. 
right? That's not the way that it works in the real estate industry. It tends to take days, weeks, months for, you know, for, for things to happen. Now, of course, it's not as liquid either. But there again, if you don't have to sell in this particular moment when there's all this chaos and that going on, then what are you worried about? Right. And that goes back to having multiple exit strategies. I mean, mm-hmm. I've had to potentially look at some of my strategies for some of my investments and alter those and be like, okay, what was my plan B or my plan C for my exit strategy? And maybe now I need to move to that plan. Right. And that's protection of exit strategy, one of the three P's that I go through in my programs for people protection of capital, protection of ROI, protection of exit strategy, so that you are ready and able to make these decisions, you know, and, and know this. I mean, the big thing, this goes back to, and it, you know, unfortunately it doesn't help the people that are already in this situation, but as long as you have a property that is cash flowing or at least break even, or, you know, maybe minimally losing now because of the way rents have gone down, you should be able to weather the storm. You should be able to get through this, right? And that's why I think it's so important as I had reinforced for me, as I read all the Rich Dad, Poor Dad books, you make your money when you buy, not when you sell. You know, I didn't know what that meant for the first couple of years after hearing that. And then when I got deeper into it and I really realized, oh, that's where, when I come up with my strategy, buy at a discount in order to protect capital, you know, make sure that I've got multiple exit strategies so I can protect my exit, uh, uh, you know, make sure that I'm running my numbers and positively cash flowing so I can protect my ROI or at least coming close, not just speculating on, on appreciation. Then when those things are in place, I can weather this kind of storm. And, and that's what I'm represencing people that are reaching out to me right now. You know, if you bought something where you were losing $600 a month and the only way you were going to do it was as an Airbnb and now you can't find any clients, there's not that much I can really tell you to, to talk you down off of the ledge other than, okay, now, you know, you need to start checking into different options. You need to see what else is possible. Uh, you know, you need to look at the real data. I, I, Again, an interesting statistic that I read, right? You see the, the, uh, the headline, right? Rents uh, uh, plummet in the GTA again. And then I read the article and it's like, they're down 13% from where they were a year ago. 13%? Like you're talking about maybe $250 a month, right? Like that's, that's plummeting, you know, on, on something where you were making $2,300 or $2,400 a month, you're maybe down two two fifty a month. I get it. If you were already in a negative cash flow situation, then that's going to hurt. But if you were positive cash flow or break even, then again, you're just weathering through a storm because we know these things are going to come back. Um, uh, uh, you know, right now, again, everybody's quoting the negative statistics. Immigration has ground to a halt. Well, what do you think is going to happen when when it comes back online again? You know, I had a colleague that I was chatting about this the other day, and they're saying, can you imagine, given the way Canada has, has uh, uh, you know, uh, gotten through COVID versus something like the US. If you were an immigrant in another country, where are you gonna wanna move to after this uh, uh, is over, right? So there could be a massive backlog of, of people flocking to Canada once the restrictions are limited and we start to get back to normal. I mean, we could see record breaking immigration numbers in the first couple of years. I think it's gonna, they won't be able to keep up with all the people trying to come here. So. It's, it's about battening down the hatches right now, getting through the storm, doing what you need to know, do to manage cash flow, and then understanding that it, it, it is going to get better. The sun is going to come back out again. 
you know, the fundamentals will will pay off. And you and I had this discussion when we were talking about what the pre-con builders are doing right now. What, you know, share that right now, what you're seeing in the pre-con industry, because I think that's very telling that the builders aren't panicking. So why would we be panicking, right? Yeah, you, you mean in terms of our conversation around the, the, the change in the deposits structure? Well, what, what I found interesting was you, you had mentioned that like the builders aren't really dropping their prices, right? Right. Yeah, so clearly sure. they, they un- <laughs> yeah, sure. clearly they understand that there's no reason to panic and projects that are going to be yeah. ready four to five years from now are still going to be very profitable. And you know, that that's what they're predicting and that everything is going to be fine. This is going to shake out because if they thought, Oh my God, the sky is falling then they would right. have no choice, but to drop their prices dramatically. Right. But they're not. And we know that builders are more long-term thinkers. They have to be just based yes. on, on what they do. So when you and I had that conversation, yeah, you know, the incentives to buy the deposit structures, they're looking at, at ways for people now to mitigate risk, but they're c- clearly not that concerned about what's going to be going on four to five years from now. And that mm-hmm. is comforting to, to, you know, someone like myself and, and I'm sure you and your listeners who are invested more for the medium to long term and weren't expecting to make, you know, a hundred grand uh, uh, in the next six months or something like that, like a lot of these speculators are. Yeah, it's a great point. I, I think when it comes to long-term thinking, uh, obviously it's something that is essential for success in real estate, but it, it's, uh, I think it's a, for most people, it's a skill that takes time to learn. Uh, yes. Most people by default, human nature, whatever you want to call it, are thinking short-term, thinking what's right in front of you, six months, 12 months, maybe at the most in front of you. Um, so that's where you do start to see people starting to make maybe bad decisions as they're, you know, they're not looking at the bigger picture. And like you said, a simple, you know, uh, exercise to, to say, well, how should I be thinking at the market? If you're having a hard time getting that broader perspective, just look at what developers are doing. As you said, a developer is not like an individual investor, a developer is is thinking much longer term even a small developer is still thinking about you know the time in sort of five-year increments the time to acquire a piece of land develop it build it and finally uh uh uh, all the closings take place and they you know the the return on their investment is realized they're thinking in five-year chunks of time minimum Mm -hmm. and the bigger the builder the longer they've been around, the more projects, the more land banked that they have, um, the longer term they're thinking. When you get to the top, top, top builders in Canada, they're think you know they're not thinking in terms of five years or even ten. They're a lot of the top builders are you know they have like twenty five year plans where they've got Absolutely. land. They're buying land today that they won't develop you know for twenty years from now. They won't see a ROI for twenty five years from now. Yeah, you know, in a good, some cases, uh, a good friend of mine, his family are builders, and you're exactly right. Like he, we were talking about this a couple of weeks ago, and he was saying they're only now looking at developing a piece of land that they've had in. They've owned this for almost 30 years, right? It's becoming. It, it's not even the dad who started the company. It's really his now his sons and daughters who are implementing mm-hmm. this plan and taking this forward. So you're absolutely right. But and and listen, I get it. All and how many and who, how many cycles? 
have yeah. they gone through? How many times exactly. over the, the 30 years, great example, how many times over the 30 years that they've owned that piece of land were people probably shouting in their ear, the market sucks, you better sell. Yep. yep. But they did that, but 30 years later, they didn't they, listen and now here yep. they are, right? I mean, and, and now everybody calls them lucky, right? Like, wow, look how lucky you are. You bought that piece of land 30 years ago, or you bought that pre-con project five years ago and look how lucky you are, right? Like, yeah, no, it's, it's not about luck. And I, I get it, right? When, when, you know, COVID first hit in the spring and then now with the second wave, I understand that a lot of people, the question on their mind is, you know, how am I going to make my rent? How am I going to pay my family, my mortgage payments, all the rest of it? So I completely understand that we have this pull towards, well, what am I going to do over the next few months? Where can I get money? I, I'm not saying that that needs to be out of the picture. And I mean, even myself, right? You and I spoke in sort of January, February, I was getting ready to launch the next version of my pre-construction uh, uh, program that I do. And COVID hit and it's like, okay, this clearly is not the right timing for this. So I put it on the shelf for a few months and, and you know, because that was not the priority that people were talking about. But I have found now that, you know, summer, we had a little bit of a reprieve and, and now people are seeing, okay, there, is, there will be a light at the end of the tunnel here. Now people are, are, are starting to approach, ask questions, think about, well, what can I do to get ready for when we do come back out in the, uh, you know, in the in the sunlight again, when we get past this uh, uh, sort of stuff, and there again, going back to you know what I said earlier, I see a lot of people that are recognizing now's the time for me to get educated. Now's the time for me to do my research, do my due diligence, you know, develop my my networks and my relationships, so that when the opportunities do start to present themselves. I'll be ready to pull the trigger, right? And that's that's just smart investing. That's what wealthy people have done for centuries and generations and more of this 25 to 30 year type of thinking or even five year thinking is what are the steps that I can take now to be ready to take advantage of the opportunities so that I can reach my three to five year goals, right? And that's that's how I operate, that's how you operate and a lot of the people that I'm speaking to coaching and, and teaching, that's how they're operating and they're, they're seeing this time as an opportunity, right? You can, uh, you can go make your YouTube videos about your dog's Halloween costume or you can be uh, you know, researching investments that you want to uh, be pulling the trigger on this winter, right? Yeah, great point. Um, I know you're a student of psychology as well. Just, uh, I'm just thinking of something as we're talking, I mean, isn't it? I just find it interesting that, um, you know, it, it's people's behavior generally, it tends to be the opposite of what you would other, you know, what you would sort of think would, would make the most sense. People tend to do the opposite. <laughs> you um, mean like uncommon sense? <laughs> That's yeah. what I call it. It's, it's not common sense. It's uncommon sense. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, just with respect to, like you said, you, you have clients calling uh, and worried and sort of call it, you know, panic mode a little bit. Um, you know, I'm, I'm getting a lot of these calls and emails, you know, Andrew, uh, the market, I see these headlines, you know, everything is bad. I sh should I sell? I want to sell. Yeah. Is it time to sell? Should I get out? I need to get out. Right. Yeah. And it's yeah. like the worst time to sell is when people rush to sell. Yep. And the, the worst time to buy is when people are rushing to buy, you know, it's like, Yep. Uh, so just, just wondering if you had any, any thoughts on that in terms of just the psychology behind people maybe right now and, and sort of, you know, 
helping people navigate that and 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 sort of help us think about our thinking if that makes That's sense a, <laughs> i love that i love that question andrew no you're absolutely right and and it is something that i do pay a lot of attention to that sort of meta level of that because yeah you, you have a choice you can either be part of the herd right and and operate a lot like they do and then wind up with the same results or you can apply a little bit of thinking and and a little bit of strategy and see so yeah i completely agree with you and and now, one of the things that I talk a lot of my clients with is since since the first day you ever heard the term investing, you've been told buy low, sell high. But yet, what do the vast majority of people do? They do the complete opposite. And we saw this right a few years ago when the Toronto real estate market was booming like crazy and people were you know putting in offers $300,000 over asking. They were buying high. Right. And now when we're in trouble and, and you know, and not necessarily trouble, but hard times, things aren't the same, it's not the land in milk and honey, people are rushing to sell and freaking out and doing that and, and selling low, right? And again, I'll quote Warren Buffett, he has an expression, be fearful when others are greedy and be greedy when others are fearful. Now, I'm not a big fan of the word greedy, I would rather have it as like take action when others are fearful and be fearful when everybody else is, is rushing you know, to the door to take action. But this is really the time. And I had, um, had a couple that started working with me. They live in Calgary. They started working with me a year ago. Again, we went through you know, the education, the empowerment. They wanted to learn a process and the fundamentals. They bought their first investment property in Calgary in January. Right now, initially, there was a bit of a freak out on their part. They were reaching out to me with a lot of questions. We got it sorted. We got it rented. Guess what they're doing now? They got their second property in May because everything was on sale, right? They take action when others are yeah. fearful. And now we're having these discussions back and forth about, okay, how do we leverage our financing in the best possible way to get another property given what's going on, right? So that's the psychology around it all. Now it ain't easy, right? And we're having lots of conversations around it because you know clearly they understand that they don't want to make a mistake or they don't want to get too overzealous about it and, and over leverage themselves but they absolutely understand this concept of wealthy people build massive amounts of wealth during down cycles that's actually when the vast majority of yeah. of you know wealthy people will will exponentially grow their wealth because they are taking advantage of the opportunities that present themselves that weren't, you know, that they were on the sidelines watching when people were bidding 300 grand over asking. And now when people are in panic sell mode, that's when they're stepping in and picking things up at a discount. And you see this in the business world. I just saw an announcement the other day that one of the giant oil and gas companies is buying Husky because it's at a discount right now, right? They weren't talking about that a year ago, but they're sure talking about it now, right? And, and one other thing to mention about that is sometimes people will look at that and go, oh, that's predatory. I'm not talking about that sort of stuff. I'm talking about a situation where somebody has, you know, a property or there's a project going on and it's a discount. And what they absolutely need in that moment is a buyer because they need to sell to get out from a world of hurt, right? So that person needs a buyer in that moment. You're actually helping to facilitate them getting out of trouble. So I'm not talking about coming in and lowballing people and, you know, trying to take advantage of the people, right. but you take advantage of the opportunities that are presented now to get into investing or add to your portfolio at a much better price than, you know, what was going on a year ago, better incentives, better deposit structures, those types of things. Right. Mm -hmm. 
Talk about um, sort of going back to earlier in the conversation, like that that person uh, or that client or that investor who, um, you know, who is saying, I, I want to sell, I think I need to sell. Um, and sort of just, uh, just the, 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 you know, what would you sort of, what would you advise that person right now in terms of, like yeah. you said, I think for me, the critical question I, I throw back at people is, do you need to sell? Why, Absolutely. why would you sell now? It's a horrible time to sell. Do you, let's, let's, let's find out if you actually need to sell Absolutely. Um, and kind of evaluate it like that. But what, what were your, what would you say? Exactly, Andrew. That's where I start with them is like, so tell me what is your, like, what's the motivation or what is your reasons for needing to sell right now? And, and 99 times out of 100, it's an emotional response, probably because they've been, you know, sitting there watching CNN for 72 straight hours or reading the headlines, <laughs> right? And they're, they're freaking out about this, this sort of stuff. And so, you know, one of the first things I presence them to is you understand that the news media is not there to inform you like it was 30 years ago. The news media is there to get your attention and sell advertising, right? And they're going to do everything in their power to, to make that happen. So first of all, stop watching the news, stop reading the headlines, look for real data, right? Look for, for like I said before, where they're talking about rents, uh, you know, dropping like a stone and it's down 13%. I, that, that's, that's crazy, right? So that's the first thing. And the second thing I might ask them, once we identify what's really going on for them is like, okay, so what, what would selling allow you to achieve? Well, then I'm going to have more money to be able to get through the next six months. Okay, so let's look at other additional sources. You know, have you taken advantage of the government programs that are out there? Have you looked at um, uh, deferring your mortgages of your rental property rather than selling it? Is it possible to do a refinance on, on you know, your investment properties or your principal residence right now? Have access to a line of credit? I mean, right now, Borrowed money is the cheapest we've seen in, you know, in what was already monumentally cheap. It's gone down even more to the point where it's almost free money. So are there other sources of funds that you can come up with that are, again, going to get you to weather through that storm for the next six months or the next 12 months, you know, until hopefully things return to some semblance of, of normalcy. But usually it's a knee-jerk reaction that people are having in a, and an emotional one. That's actually something, I mean, even before the pandemic, I would, I, uh, the first thing I usually do with people is something called a, a success snapshot. I used to call it a financial snapshot, but the word financial used to scare people to death. So now I call it a success snapshot. But nine times out of 10, when I do these with people, they come into it very worried that their financial situation is in bad shape. And then I help them see, actually, you're way better off than you thought because they're reacting to an emotional sensation. It's like going to the grocery store when you're hungry, right? You're not going to buy the right stuff at that point. Don't make financial and investment decisions when you're in this state of anxiety, when you're you know, in the middle of this state of uncertainty. And then I usually presence people back to what are your goals? And for me, in all the programs I do, all the coaching I do, that's first I deal with mindset. What is your money mindset that's going on? And then the second thing that I do is I help people really clue into what are your goals, your one-year goal, your five-year goals, your 10-year goals. Because then when we get in a situation like this where they're thinking of selling because they're freaking out, I presence them to their goals. And then we look at, are you actually on track to achieving your goals? Oh, look at that. I actually am okay when it comes to my one-year goals. And if I was to sell now, I would be getting, 
actually further away from my five and 10 year goals. Okay, so then that doesn't really make a lot of sense, does it? So let's look at other ways that we can help you achieve your one year goals, but keep you on track with your five and 10 year goals. And again, I take the emotion out of it. I take all the, <laughs> you know, out of it, presence people back down to facts and logic and a process and their plan. And, and nine times out of 10, you know, people are like, oh, I, I literally had a client call me um, last, um, last week and I said, hey, what's up? And he's like, nothing. I just, I just really wanted to hear your voice. I'm feeling more calm already. <laughs> <You know>? so, <laughs> like it, it, that's what it starts to come down to in a lot of mm -hmm. cases is just being the voice of reason, the, the, you know, uh, to help you cut through um, uh, this noise and, and this, this shock uh, media that we have that are just trying to get eyeballs to read articles by saying pretty much anything, um, yeah. you know, that they know, right? Fear, unfortunately, fear is a, a very powerful motivator for people um, in order to get them to watch the news and, you know, this sort of thing, right? And, and the, um, you know, the news outlets understand that and they use it to their advantage. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, I think, you know, it's kind of like that, that, uh, that uh, famous Warren Buffett saying you alluded to, uh, you know, when the tide goes out, you find out, what was it? Was it you find out who's you find out who's swimming naked, you know, in who's other swimming words, they, yeah, yeah. they thought everything was good, right? When the tide was yeah. in, oh, let's swim naked. And then it goes right, out. Right. You, know, huh? you look like a fool. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, um, you know, when times are good, which they, you know, in the real estate world, in the condo investment world, the times have been good for many years. Uh, and now this year, you know, no one could have ever predicted this, but no. uh, you know things are things are challenging and and things are in a lot of ways turned upside down. I think a lot of people, like you said, just were buying anything anywhere without a thought, throw the dart at the board, and uh, they made money, they did well, they got good returns um, for the most part. And you know, sort of everybody looks like a genius, but it's when the tide goes out that that um, I think, you know, you, 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 it really exposes who had a plan and who didn't, who, who understood yeah. the fundamentals, who didn't. Yeah. Um, but also I think, you know, just speaking to somebody like yourself and, and, and in some ways myself, uh, as well, and, and people who, people like us, I guess we'll call it. Um, I think people need coaching. People need coaches. I think more than ever people need, like you said, somebody just hearing your voice, feeling a bit calmer, Maybe you're listening to this podcast conversation right now. Maybe it's it's helping sort of calm you down and help you think things through a little bit more rationally um, with a little bit of a different perspective than what was accessible inside your own head. So, you know, regardless of who it is or nothing to say about myself or, or Brian in this case, but just I'd encourage anybody listening, just find a coach, find that voice uh, that helps you get some perspective because you know, we just need to acknowledge it's a really weird year. It's a strange yes. time. Psychologically, it is a challenging time on everyone. It's okay to acknowledge that, to admit that, and to just, you know, seek out uh, help in the form of, you know, coaching, whatever you want to call it. Just, just you need, you need those outside voices more than ever at a time like this to, as you said, weather the storm. I, I completely agree with you, Andrew, and, and that's, that's another thing that I'm sharing with friends, family, and reminding myself as well is it's like, don't use this year as a gauge 
uh, you know, how you're doing. A client that I was speaking to last week, he was beating himself up about, you know, his numbers on the investing side and on his business side. And I'm like, dude, like throw out the numbers for 2020. If you are, you know, breaking even and staying above water, then you should be having a, a freaking parade for yourself this year, as far as I can see. And if you're actually up and doing well, like, you know, some people are, then thank your lucky stars and, you know, pay attention to why and what's going on around that. But I completely agree with you and that, you know, it, it has been a very unusual year, a ton of stress on all of us. What, what I've looked at it, I, I recognize this fairly early on is what we are witnessing is the world's relationship with uncertainty, right? And, and it's fascinating to see how that shakes out, right? How people respond to uncertainty and not knowing what's gonna happen and not knowing when the end you know, is gonna happen and things are gonna return to quote unquote normal, right? That's what we're seeing in a lot of cases. And yeah, people have to just sort of be, be easy on themselves, give themselves some slack, don't have the, you know, the same sort of, this is not the year for discipline and running Ironmans and, you know, all this. So if you're doing it, great, you know, but it, if you're feeling like, ah, I'm a little unmotivated to do 44 hours of training this week, like watch some Netflix, relax, you know, that, that yeah. sort of thing. And there again, right? Like, take this opportunity to get educated and empowered. I, I was, I've always considered myself incredibly fortunate and grateful that I had mentors. I had people that, you know, I worked with and continue to with folks like yourself that I can call up and be like, Hey, Andrew, what are you seeing going on here? What's this sort of, you know, and, and you're absolutely right. Like it doesn't have to be you or I, but reach out to those people. And that, that's why I started my coaching business. Cause I wanted to be that that I got when I was younger, when I needed to make some, you know, some of these critical choices. Now I can share that with other people. And that's who I find, like, again, most of the people who contact me are like, I know I want to do this. I, I absolutely want to get into this, but I don't know where to start. And, and, you know, the things that I have been pursuing have just felt like a sales pitch. I mean, you and I know most of these things that you go to, these evening webinars or seminars or whatever, nine times out of 10, there's a project to, to sell at the end. And that's one of the unique things about my program around pre-con is I don't have any projects to sell. Now, there's still people through my program that met you and then they, you know, they eventually pulled the trigger on, on that, but neither you nor I were selling people into a project. We were teaching them how to fish rather than handing them a fish. And then they were making their own decisions and they appreciated that they were working with professionals that knew what they were doing and were, were passionate about education and empowerment. And so that's who they chose to work with. So, you know, that's, that's why I choose to do this the way that I do and, and not have projects for sale at the end of the program is, is really teach you the fundamentals and a process to do this over and over again so you can build up a portfolio for yourself. Awesome. And on that note, Brian, as we're running short on time here, um, yeah, why don't you let people know if they are interested in learning more about your program, what's the best way for people to reach you? Yeah, absolutely. And we'll, you know, I know we'll put out something in the show notes around that as well, but probably the easiest thing to do is, is to uh, shoot me an email at uh, Brian B. Brian is spelled with an I. So Brian B at nlscoaching.com and that stands for next level success coaching so it's an n as in nancy so brian b at nlscoaching.com you shoot me an email i'm, I'm going to be starting the next version of my pre-construction group coaching program it's a it's a 12-week program where we'll launch it in november 
we'll go for a month or so, take a break for Christmas and then finish off in the, in the new year, exactly like I did uh, a year ago with that. And again, there's no projects for sale in this. This is literally you learning from somebody who has doubled and tripled his money in doing pre-construction condo investing. I'm taking you through from soup to nuts exactly what I did from the moment I you know, started to investigate an area and a project, how I did all my due diligence, what it looks like through signing, what it looks like to evaluate the contracts, and then the exit strategy on the other end. And I'm just literally taking you into my playbook of what I did in investing. And also, you know, how do you find a platinum level realtor like yourself, Andrew? What about accountants? What about mortgage agents? We talk about all this sort of stuff so that you have everything at your fingertips. You have that plan to be able to successfully get into investing in what I still believe is an extremely lucrative uh, uh, investment type, right? Pre-construction pre condominiums uh, uh, across the GTA and, and Canada for that matter. Awesome. Great. Thank you so much, Brian. Um, yeah. And like Brian said, if you want to learn more about that, feel free to reach out to him and we'll include a link to that in the show notes for this episode as well. Brian, thanks again. Uh, as always, Andrew, I always love chatting with you, finding out what's going on. I love the approach you take to, uh, uh, to this industry and, and you know, the, your passion and commitment to educating people through this podcast. So my pleasure. Thank you very much for having me on and, you know, hopefully we can do this again one day. Great. Thanks, Brian. Thanks for listening to the True Condos Podcast. Remember, your positive reviews make a big difference to the show. To learn more about condo investing, become a True Condos subscriber by visiting truecondos.com.